Welcome to the New Money Review podcast. I'm Paul Amory, the editor of New Money Review. My guest for this episode is Robert Sams, who is founder and chief executive of Clearmatics, a technology firm based in London. Robert is undoubtedly one of the deepest thinkers I know when it comes to the changes that are happening at the core of the financial system. What we are seeing is the beginning of a wholesale shift from an infrastructure that's based upon a few key intermediaries, such as central banks, clearing houses, and securities depositories to a much more decentralized system consisting of multiple peer-to-peer relationships. As you'll hear in the podcast, a peer-to-peer system could help solve some of the biggest problems in finance, such as the too-big-to-fail status given to the biggest banks, as well as the growing problem of data security. Bitcoin and Facebook's new Libra projects are two different manifestations of this trend towards a more decentralized financial system. But how the restructuring of the system takes place has great importance for all of us. To put it bluntly, handing over control of the payment system to one private sector entity would be a terrible outcome. So I'd like to welcome you, Robert, to the New Money Review podcast. I'd like to start by asking you to explain the key project you are working on at Clearmatics. That's something called the Utility Settlement Coin, or USC. Sure, thanks Paul, and i uh, really happy to be on this. Um, so Utility Settlement Coin was a project that uh, was started by Clearmatics and UBS back in 2015. Um, and it really got off the ground with a, sort of a meeting of the minds uh, between the two firms on um, on what uh, changes are happening with um, uh, um, technology and moving to peer-to-peer architecture um, and uh, and distributed systems and all the discussion around blockchain and distributed ledger technology um, and the meeting of minds is really around like um, well one um, uh, a, a view which wasn't really common at the time was that the the benefits of the changes in technology weren't really about um, uh, particular use cases. Um, uh, um, it was really about how the technology can enable changes in market structure. And um, and if you look at things through the lens of changing market structure, um, you, you, you pretty quickly come to the conclusion that um, most of the structural changes rely on changes happening at the settlement end of the trade life cycle. Um, and if you're going to focus on the settlement end of the trade life cycle, the, like the, the the, the biggest impact you can have is focus on cash settlement because that's where um, that's common denominator across almost uh, almost everything. So we're talking about settlement of what kinds of transactions? So we're talking about the cash leg of um, of settlement for um, uh, first any capital markets transactions. Um, uh, so those are exchange for value settlements, um, uh, largely DVP securities versus uh, cash, um, but also PVP um, for. Uh, cross-border transactions and settlement of that. So that covers cash purchases of equities or bonds, but also foreign exchange transactions? Uh, uh, correct. Um, uh, and But the focus for USC was basically um, how can we create um, really two things. One, a, a cash settlement asset um, that has many of the properties of cash, so like a digital cash settlement asset as opposed to account-based, uh, account-based money. Um, and the other aspect of that is um, want the, the transfer of that cash to happen with um, settlement finality, legal finality, as well as technical finality, 
on a distributed system um, that is based around Byzantine fault-tolerant state machine replication. So full, um, a full consensus model um, with a, um, a market structure where the infrastructure of the system is, um, uh, is governed and operated by the participants um, rather than uh, um, a centralized third-party uh, provider. Okay, so is, it, is this uh, USC utility settlement coin designed to replace uh, the parts of the infrastructure like clearing houses, set, uh, securities depositories, does it work in tandem with them? How, how does it fit uh, into the system? Um, certainly wouldn't say that like, the goal is to, is, to, is to replace any of the existing infrastructure, but to provide um, uh, an alternative um, model for, um, for cash settlement that, um, uh, that the market can adopt over, over time. So yes, it can potentially replace um, uh, um, many of the infrastructures that currently exist today, um, but it's not um, designed um, to um, immediately challenge any of the particular, uh, any of the existing infrastructures in the use cases. It's really more of a um, platform to support a lot of the new use cases that people want to deploy, particularly around um, uh, um, tokenized securities um, and new forms of settlement models that um, uh, that the market has a, a great degree of interest in, um, but doesn't have a cash leg of settlement that can support uh, support that model. So in a sense, it's very greenfield. Um, it's meant to sort of operate as a parallel universe to the existing system for a while, but we see the change happening not through disrupting existing existing markets, but um, uh, exist the liquidity in, in, in the legacy infrastructure eventually gravitating to, to the new infrastructure over time. So when, when uh, USC started, I think you, you mentioned it was a, initially a pro project with, between UBS and Climatics, is that right, at the, at the outset? That's correct. Uh, and then it expanded to become a consortium. That's, that's right. So the first phase was um, um, a POC that was done by UBS and, and Climatics. Um, it then subsequently went into uh, its first consortium phase um, of five institutions and then later in the third phase of, um, of, uh, um, of, of a much larger consortium. And uh, we've currently, we've recently concluded that phase and probably read in the press there is a, a strategic uh, uh, funding into setting up a new entity to called Finality. Finality. Yeah. Um, so uh, does that replace USC, or it kind of takes it over? No. So USC was a um, project name. Um, yeah. So the first three phases were um, a project, but it was a project from uh, really from from the very beginning that um, we knew had a, a potential powerful commercial roadmap behind it. So. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, uh, but USC was the project name. Uh, Finality is the brand name of the global entity that um, has been established to help set up the local entities in the relevant jurisdictions. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's the first, it's the very first step in what will be quite a lengthy journey in creating um, this new um, uh, model of financial market infrastructure. And the members of the Finality Consortium are mainly banks? Uh, uh, banks and uh, one uh, one non-bank, Nasdaq, um, is uh, um, is in the in the consortium now. Okay, and, and, I saw and the system was never uh, never designed to be bank only. Uh, yeah. um, banks, um, given the the crucial role that they play in cash settlement, obviously had to be um, the initiators of the project. But the um, but the but the, the the project is not 
and never was intended to be a bank-only consortium, uh, a more inclusive model to um, include other fintechs and market infrastructures um, uh, and broaden um, the, um, uh, the access of direct participation in, in cash settlement. But you, so you mentioned you've got one exchange in the, in the membership, but you, you don't have clearinghouses or CSDs. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, because you're competing with them effectively. Uh, I was to say we're competing with them. We're trying to do something um, different, and I think in a lot of areas, particularly some of the more forward-thinking um, uh, clearinghouses and even CSDs um, that uh, have an appetite for evolving their business model um, uh, in a way, um, uh, um, will will likely be part of um, uh, um, uh, uh, part of the part of the system over time. Because the system is focused just on the cash like the settlement, so yeah. um, uh, um, the idea is to build a larger ecosystem of um, of uh, of, of uh, participants and other interoperable system, other systems that are interoperable with USC. Um, mm. and, and there's no reason in principle why um, legacy um, infrastructures couldn't be part of that, um, but. Uh, given the new models of settlement that are enabled by um, by USC finality, um, uh, it will involve um, uh, um, changes in not just um, settlement processes um, and the relationships between the actors. It will also involve um, uh, some business model change. Okay, and as I understand it, the the USC itself it's a it's a it's a digital asset. It's a token which is backed by. Reserves held at the central bank is that right? Or central banks uh, of the participating. That's members. correct. So it it is a it is a, um, a digital cash settlement asset um, that's fully collateralized by cash at the central bank. It's strictly speaking not central bank money. It's not a liability of the central bank. Um, but um, the structure um, gives it um, a, a a credit risk profile that's 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 very similar to central bank money, which is a really important <clears throat> part of. Um, of, of cash settlement, central banks for, for years have been moving the market toward a model where final settlement takes place in central bank money because of the potential systemic risks of having settlement happen in, in commercial bank money. Um, so, uh, you, know, you know, one of the, the requirements or kind of principles of, of the, the project at the very beginning was we want to um, create something uh, in terms of the settlement asset that's got, that's got those properties of central bank money um, uh, um, uh, otherwise, it 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 won't work in the long run. It won't be consistent with the with the policy um, objectives of the central banks. So, so what we've effectively done is is create um, you know what is a almost like a a, a third category of cash settlement asset um, that, that sits between commercial bank money, which is a liability of a particular commercial bank, and central bank money, which is a liability of the central bank and and uh, the the USC. As settlement asset is a um, is is a new category of, of cash settlement asset, mm -hmm. both in terms of the legal form of the thing, um, but also in terms of the the payment instruments that affect the transfer of that um, cash settlement um, uh, asset from from payer to payee um, uh, that resembles um, uh, um, uh, a lot of the payment mechanic of uh, of, a, of a cryptocurrency or 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 physical notes and coins for that. So you say it's not central. It's not a, a central bank liability directly, but it, it's nearly that because the uh, USCs that are in, in issue will be backed by deposits held at the central bank. They'll be fully collateralized by central bank money. 
Um, but it is uh, but it is not a central bank liability. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, the governor of the Bank of England said that they were, they were considering liberalising their financial uh, or their, the, the payments infrastructure in the UK to allow more non-banks uh, to have direct uh, access to the UK uh, payment system. Uh, and there are similar initiatives under discussion in other countries. Do these kinds of discussions alter the way your your project works, to, with the way you've been thinking about doing things? Or, or well, no, not at all. I mean, in fact, I mean, I think one of the motivating factors of of starting the project in the first place was um, uh, uh, was precisely that policy objective of the central banks, which uh, there was renewed interest in liberalizing access to central bank money after the financial crisis, um, and in terms of the. Um, you know, the, the values and the moral imperatives behind Clearmatics um, were massively in favor of, um, uh, of liberalization to central bank money. Um, and the, um, the USC project was uh, designed in a way to, to be fully consistent with that policy objective of the central banks and to some extent uh, potentially even helping in that um, there are a lot of constraints that the central bank has around um, uh, offering accounts to um, uh, um, to uh, to non-bank participants, and uh, um, in in many ways, a private sector initiative can um, uh, can move faster in terms of liberalizing access to something that has the credit risk properties of central bank money. Um, so um, so definitely pointed in the same the um, the same direction. And and what responses have you had from central banks about your project? You must have been in discussions with them. Uh, I, I can't comment on the uh, on the particulars of um, of of, uh, of our discussions with the central banks. Um, we, we we have um, been discussing with more than one for um, for quite some time. Um, I, uh, I just speaking in generality, I can say that um, uh, they've um, found uh, the project. Um, uh, interesting for a number of reasons. Um, uh, one, I think we've approached the project in a way like through the through the viewpoint of a, of of the the central banks and their um, uh, the problems that they're trying to solve, um, and uh, and we've tried to um, architect a system in, in a way that's uh, that's consistent with the policy objectives of central banks. So um, it's uh, it's it's been a, a, a very um, uh, a, 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 a very interesting and constructive um, uh, uh, dialogue, for sure. But and, and, uh, you know, not mentioning your project, it does seem that there is a shift going on, quite a big shift going on at the moment in, in the way that central banks uh, think about who has access to their, who can hold reserves directly at the central bank, who ha who has access to that uh, that form of um, uh, accounts, and uh, who, who has access to the kind of the inner part of the, the payment system. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely um, it's it's a it's a it's a huge issue, and um, and one where my, my own view of this um, is that uh, expanding access to the central bank balance sheet is something that um, is almost inevitable, um, given uh, the structural changes that are happening in the market, but also given the um, you know what happened um, in the financial crisis with the expansion of the central bank's balance sheet itself, um, uh, like. A lot of the way that um, central bank money and interbank payments and interbank lending, um, mm. uh, how that worked before, um, 
doesn't quite work the same way anymore. The central bank intermediates a lot of that interbank activity in a way that it didn't in the past. Um, and it's, it's quite difficult, in my own view, um, to, um, to justify the very circumscribed perimeter around which the central bank um, uh, uh, engages the market, largely just focused on large commercial banks. Um, uh, that um, I, I do think it's inevitable. I think different central banks will work at different speeds moving in that direction. Um, but, uh, um, but, but that's, that's definitely the trajectory where things are going. I think there is a, um, uh, there's, a, there's an extreme view out there that, um, uh, uh, that comes from some quarters, sometimes from people advocating the idea of central bank digital currency that is universal and uh, goes all the way to retail level. Um, uh, and, and for a lot longer, um, uh, people have argued for a narrow bank, um, uh, a narrow bank model, um, and I I don't see that happening. I think the coexistence between you know commercial bank money and central bank money will um, uh, will continue to be um, will continue to be the model, um, uh, but I do think the um, uh, the balance between those two will will shift, and I also think the exclusive or the near exclusivity that commercial banks have had in access to central banks, and also being the issue of, of private money liabilities, um, uh, w uh, will will also be um, uh, liberalized to to a, to a considerable extent. It's not just about banks and central banks, in other words. Let's let's return to USD for a second. So the the idea is that this uh, this new form of digital money will will help rationalize uh, the um, uh, settlement system, speed things up, is that correct, and, and, and reduce the, some of the capital costs for the participating, uh, all the banks or the broker-dealers, whoever, whoever's using the, the settlement coin, is that right? Um, sure. There, I mean, there are multiple like um, benefits to it that touch upon um, capital requirements um, and liquidity management, um, which are um, you know, very very large items from from the commercial bank's perspective and benefits. Um, uh, speed to settlement um, uh, um, is also one, although I think that that tends to be overplayed um, in in the space more generally. Um, you know, there there is still a trade life cycle. Things happen between, you know, um, doing the trade and settling the trade. Um, uh, Including offsetting and netting um, that are important part of the market structure. That so you're not reducing settlement periods from two or three days or whatever it is to, to near zero. Well, no, I, th I think I think that um, uh, I I, th I think intraday settlement will definitely become um, a more common feature in, in markets. Um, I guess the point is it's less about the the um, uh, the the settlement infrastructure and it's more about the market conventions around what happens in the trade life cycle before settlement um, that needs to change. But the change in the settlement infrastructure will enable the changes kind of earlier in the trade life cycle. So I, still, I, will, I do think we will see um, shorter trade to, um, to settlement life cycles for sure. Um, uh, but it's a more nuanced question and I don't think it's a case of the shorter you make it the better. And, uh, and the goal is um, uh, immediate settlement, because that means pre-funding, uh, um, uh, which is, 
which can work in some markets, but um, but um, but as, as a generalizable model for how all settlements should have this crazy idea. Um, uh, that the, the, there is a difference between the contractual event of doing the trade um, and the proprietary and funding event of settling it. Um, and there are things that need to happen between those two events that um, are an important part of the market structure that provides liquidity, etc. Can you quantify what kind of savings can be achieved across the system through the adoption of a, a model like yours? It's very difficult to quantify um, because the, um, uh, you can certainly do it um, on a firm by firm basis and sometimes um, by uh, um, uh, in, in, um, uh, by a, a segment. Um, you know, like what does it mean for large international um, commercial banks? Um, uh, and we've we've done a number of those exercises, um, uh, but I think um, but the but the the, the benefits um, happen through many different verticals um, all throughout that trade life cycle, um, and there are a lot of um, uh, things that will change in terms of changes in business models um, that um, are hard to put a number against, um, uh, both because of the uncertainty about how the change will take place. Um, but also, um, uh, in, in terms of what you're actually counting, um, because it's not just a question of uh, cost savings of the existing players. It's the, um, uh, the, you know, the benefits to the end user, um, and the benefits to uh, new entrants into a market that are, um, doing performing a similar function, but doing it in a very different way and with a very different business model. But presumably some areas of activity that have been, you know, that are long established as investment banks will be, uh, you know, could be, could, could end from this uh, shift. You know, you could, then, then the securities finance market could be fundamentally changed. Prime brokerage would be, would be, would operate in a different way. I mean, you've said that there would still be some credit element. There's no pre-funding of trades, but, uh, but you know, what about those types of activity? Will they have to be fundamentally rethought as a result of this type of? Yeah, change? well, and I think not, not not just because of the, um, you know, what new cash settlement infrastructure enables, but also um, just things that are already baked into the market today. The prime brokerage is a good example of that, where you know business models that were once profitable are, are no longer, um, but they played a very important part in the market structure. So what happens when they go away? I mean, a lot of the buy side participants that we talk about, like one of the pain points is um, uh, a lot of counterparts that um, uh, they trade with um, can't even get prime brokerage access anymore. But the whole market structure around uh, the trading venues is intermediated by prime brokers. So, um, so that that um, that uh, there's a lot of stuff that will that change no matter what, um, and the question is what replaces it. What I, what I do see happening on the, the, the credit side is um, uh, um, a greater role of, um, uh, of, of, of bilateral credit mitigation. Um, so stuff that was, um, used to be intermediated by prime brokers happening directly um, between counterparts. Um, uh, and there's a lot of other stuff um, that's, um, uh, that's already happening in, 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 in some forms. I, I definitely see it accelerating. In the last uh, few months, we've heard, uh, you know, we've read a, a, about initiatives by individual banks like J.P. Morgan Coin. There's a, there was a story last week that Goldman Sachs is looking at a similar, uh, you know, internal bank token for settlement purposes. What's the difference between your project and, and and those ones that seem to be within a particular bank? 
Sure. So <clears throat> I think the most fundamental difference is um, uh, something like uh, J.P. Morgan coin, um, which I think is a bit of a misnomer. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, but but a very interesting project. Or or com- the legal form of that is commercial bank money. Um, uh, whereas um, uh, the USC system is built around something that's collateralized by central bank money. And the function that these different forms of money play in the market um, today um, are, are very different. And I think in the new infrastructure, they'll also be different. And um, I, I, think, um, I, I think efforts like JP Morgan coin are really encouraging. I expect to see more um, uh, such commercial bank um, um, money projects. Um, uh, it would be very interesting to see what the legal form of the thing is, whether it's e-money or whether they see the reintroduction of the commercial bank note um, in digital form. Uh, um, but uh, we see, I, I definitely see these initiatives, um, uh, um, uh, I expect to see more of them. I expect to see stuff going live um, in the not too distant future. Um, and they are... Um, very consistent with what we're trying to do with um, uh, um, with USC, and that for um, for a tokenized commercial bank money or um, uh, or any private sector um, uh, um, uh, digital cash instrument, the benefit to the market is going to come from these things being interoperable with each other. So. If you're not part of the J.P. Morgan coin network, um, uh, I can still pay you if I've got J.P. Morgan coin value, and um, and we see um, USC as being a kind of critical piece of base layer infrastructure that will allow the interoperability of not just these commercial tokenized commercial bank money projects, but also um, there's non-bank um, uh, um, uh, tokenized uh, um, fiat, fiat money money projects. So. Uh, I, I'd expect to see more of it, and, uh, and I think they'll be an important part of the, 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 the USC ecosystem. And what do you make of the face, uh, Facebook Libra project? It seems like a retail version of what, what you're trying to do. Yeah, so um, uh, that's a very interesting project. Um, uh, I, I, th- I think it's interesting for a number of reasons. One, um, the, the, the technology architecture um, uh, has a lot of similarities to what, what we're doing. Um, uh, and I think f- the role that Libra will play in terms of the, uh, the public blockchain ecosystem, um, uh, there's, there, there's definitely there's some tension and some complementary things, um, uh, particularly around the role of, of, um, of uh, permissionless access. Um, uh, and identity. So they have like you know one of the stated goals of Libra is to, um, to become a permissionless system over time. And when you when you actually think through what that means, um, uh, it's not really possible to have a permissionless system with uh, that's that's built around a token that's backed by um, uh, by real world assets um, for governance reasons. You can't fork a system like that and create two versions of Libra. So there will be centralization at the protocol governance level that is in tension with the um, uh, um, uh, with the permissionless nature of public chains. I think the counterpoint that I would expect to hear from you know Libra talking with the blockchain community is that um, per permissioned and permissionless systems isn't a dichotomy, and that there's actually more ways that this can be done and. Um, effectively try to redefine what permissionless means. 
And I think that'll be a really interesting discussion um, uh, and, and, a, and a constructive one because um, a lot of these concepts like permissioned and permissionless are, 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 are used in ways that, um, uh, uh, that aren't particularly well defined. Um, and, uh, um, but in terms of the, um, of kind of most of the, um, you know, attention is today on, on Libra. I think there is a, um, uh, it's definitely created a problem for the regulators and the, um, the, the central banks. Um, uh, I don't, I think there is a, there is a, going to be a, challenging um, journey that um, they're going to have to give the legal and governance structure around that thing in a way that's um, that's acceptable to um, to the regulators um, but that doesn't mean that they can't do it um, I what I see um, what I do see happening is um, there being one of those constructive things that will come from 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 Libra is it will bring a much larger audience to a set of topics around market infrastructure and money and credit and how this, the actual system actually works today yeah. into um, uh, um, you know in, into the limelight. But isn't and, that a tall order? I mean, uh, uh, you know, I've found, um, my personal experience is that most people within the financial markets don't really, you know, haven't really thought that much about how the infrastructure works. Well, maybe they do in your area of business, but I mean, generally speaking, people don't, and let alone the general public, they don't think about Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, that's been our experience as well, that, that like, um, uh, even within the financial industry, um, uh, uh, money and market infrastructure is not, is not very well understood. Um, so you, you have a, a public and specialist in the industry um, working with a mental model for how money and settlement works. That's, that's largely wrong. Um, and something like Libra will, and the debate and discussion around that, will um, will bring those topics into relief. And I think um, I think that'll be a very constructive thing for um, for everybody because um, the you know market infrastructure has a much greater um, uh, effect on um, the rest of society than, than most people realize. And the stakes are very high, and the the general public should be more engaged with the topic um, uh, because they're often not correctly represented um, uh, in, in 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 decisions um, around how market infrastructures are designed. And I think, given the, the stated objective of Libra to um, uh, um, you know to help um, you know bring um, you know bring money to a large segment of society that is effectively disenfranchised from the financial system um, uh, is is a really important um, uh, goal and it's and it has been neglected by um, uh, uh, has been neglected by the financial industry and and its regulators for um, a long time and it and there, and there needs to be a debate around the unintended consequences of certain structures and regulations and the effects that they have um, uh, on, on, on some of the more vulnerable um, people and, and, and poorer people in society. Um, so given that that's the, the, the stated objective of, of Libra um, in terms of um, the way they're positioning it in the public, uh, there's going to be a very interesting um, uh, debate between the regulators and, 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 uh, and big tech um, on, on an important topic. And I don't 
it is definitely too early to say what the outcome of that will be. Um, uh, but I do think it will gal- galvanize the, um, the, uh, the, the regulators to make sure that innovation that serves the public interest um, uh, can, can, can happen in a constructive way, whether it's from big tech or whether it's from inside the industry. Um, I think it'll be a, a, a positive force um, uh, for, uh, um, for, for everybody. And if we look forward 10 or 20 years, um, uh, what, what, I mean, is it possible to summarize what this new monetary infrastructure might look like? There'll still be some form of central bank money, there's maybe then USC kind of quasar central bank money, then some tokenized commercial bank money, then things like Libra. Uh, will we be changing these things ourselves uh, all the time, and will there be kind of general open access to a lot of these uh, tokens? I, I think I think there will be um, a large variety of of um, private sector issuers of um, uh, of, um, of of money liabilities, um, and it won't be exclusively driven by banks like it has been in the past. Um, uh, and I think there'll be a more important role for central bank money or central bank money like um, uh, systems to um, help the make. Um, this plurality of uh, of coin interoperable with each other, and I think that would be very healthy. Um, it'll also help bring the the payments topic down to um, uh, uh, to a level closer to the to the actual transaction, um, and help enable um, not just like smaller value payments, but also um, new types of transactions that don't currently take place today. So it'll be easier to move money around. Uh uh, and, and cheaper and we won't, we won't, won't be paying so much for transactions between one currency and another and from one moving money from one system to another yeah easier and cheaper wider access um, uh, to, um, uh, to to direct cash peer-to-peer cash settlement um, uh, um, including people who don't have bank accounts um, and uh, um, and uh, and a and a much more decentralized system not just decentralized but there's a distributed ledger behind a particular cash settlement asset, but multiple cash settlement assets. And I think that's 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 an important thing that's kind of neglected, I think, a lot in the, um, the discussions around blockchain and the Libra project in particular. Um, I, it doesn't matter how distributed your your architecture is. The idea of having, um, you know, all global or a large proportion of global payments being done in a settlement asset of one issuer um, is is a is a really bad outcome, and uh, and I and I don't see that I don't see that being the end state in twenty years time. So that that, that would that contribute to an overall reduction of risk across the system? I think so. I think it'll I think it'll lead to an over uh, a reduction in overall risk in the system for sure. I can see, and at quite a structural level. I mean, it's quite possible that this tight coupling between credit creation, banks making loans and increasing the money supply and payments infrastructure could become completely decoupled, um, which, uh, um, which I think could go a long way toward um, you know, removing a lot of the um, risk around moral hazard and too big to fail um, yeah. in the financial industry, and not just with banks, um, uh, but, but, but with other parts of the infrastructure. Um, uh, so I, I definitely see it as um, uh, risk reducing, but also um, uh, um, uh, security risk and digital security risk this is the other thing that's I don't think it's enough attention. But 
you know the the technology infrastructure that we have today behind um, uh, um, behind all of these systems is um, like everything is insecure uh, uh, almost by design, and there's no fix to it. Um, and the 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 risk is getting greater. The the the, the sophistication of the attacks um, um, uh, is increasing a lot, and um, uh, and the technology infrastructure that's that's needed in order to have secure value transfer um, has got to be fundamentally different from what um, what we've got today. And I think, and hopefully before twenty years, um, you know, we we will have value transfer happening over technology infrastructure which is secured by design rather than secured by design, which is which is what our current infrastructure looks like. And what's the target launch date now for USC? Uh, twenty twenty. A lot of other blockchain projects uh, involved in settlement have, have run into delays. Digital asset holding had, had a, uh, that, uh, the senior management was replaced a few months ago. Settle had to restructure itself. You know, how confident are you that you can get this off the ground? Uh, I mean, we're we're confident for sure that we can get it off the ground. I think we can get it off the ground um, next year. Um, uh, but there are factors that are outside of the control of um, Climatics and the Consortium. Um, uh, you know, we have to get permission to, uh, to do what we're doing. Um, so, uh, so there are things that could delay that, uh, that timeline. Um, but in terms of um, uh, getting, to, getting to go live and getting executed, I'm uh, highly confident that, uh, that, that, that we'll do that. And I think one of the reasons why um, I think this project will will work, where um, a lot of others have, have had difficulties, is kind of what we mentioned at the beginning, you know, um, which was that this isn't about replacing, like leaving the market structure intact, but replacing it with new tech and saving some money. Um, uh, it, it, there are powerful forces and motivations behind doing what we're doing and changing market structure, um, and and that's a big part of. Um, of uh, um, you know galvanizing the participants that you need to be moving in the same direction uh, um, that uh, that's a crucial part of uh, successful execution and, and, it's, and it's obviously a crucial part of, uh, of, of adoption after code life. Robert thank you very much for your time. Thank you Paul. Thank you for listening to this new money review podcast the future of money in 30 minutes. You can support new money review by visiting patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n forward slash new money review and becoming a patron of the site. Your support will help us cover this fast growing area of finance independently and in depth. You can also support us in cryptocurrency. Our wallet addresses for Bitcoin, Ether and Litecoin are published on the homepage of our website in the right margin. <laughs>